Welcome to the Adventure Church Podcast. We're so happy you're here. We are starting a new series called Five Smooth Stones. Today, Pastor CJ asks us this question, who are you? Because sometimes we forget who we are and who is our daddy. David defeated his giants, and now is the time for you to defeat yours. You are a champion. We hope you enjoy this message. Take out your sermon notes. Let's get into the Word. I, I, I'm excited about this message. I'm excited about what God's laid upon my heart. How many know that you and I are champions? We're born to be a champion. You may not feel like you're a champion today. You may feel like you're a loser. But I want to encourage you that through these next few weeks, we're going to be talking about five smooth stones, about becoming a champion and slaying the giants in your life. How many ever had this? Have you ever said, who are you to someone you didn't know? When someone came into your presence, you said, like, you looked at them like, who are you? And you're actually like, I don't know you. Where are you from? And because you didn't know them, you weren't intimidated by them. And because you didn't know their position or their title or who they were, you weren't intimidated by them because, man, you didn't know them. And so because you didn't know them, you look at them and said, man, you ain't nobody. You're not nobody special. You're no different from me. And because you didn't know them, you thought, man, hey, you dress the same way I dress. You look the same way I look. And so you didn't have this fear about them. But as soon as you found out maybe you knew who they were, that, man, they, they, these guys are the president of the United States, or this guy is, man, he, he's, he's high up in this corporation, and she is, man, just unbelievable. All of a sudden, when you start finding out who that person is, then all of a sudden you get intimidated by the person or finding out who they are. And so what happens a lot of times is we are, man, we're just like normal people, Adam, until all of a sudden we, we don't know them, and so because we don't know anything about them, we're not intimidated, Jake, by them. We're not afraid of them. We're not nervous around them. But as soon as we find out maybe who they are, all of a sudden we are gripped with fear or we're gripped with intimidation or we're gri gripped with the feeling of worthlessness or like, like a lack of value because, I, hey, I don't measure up to them. And so because I don't measure up to them, man, I'm lesser to them. How many can relate to what I'm saying? And it's the same way what happens a lot of times with giants. What giants do, if you don't know the giant, you're not intimidated by the giant because you don't know who the giant is. But until the giant starts to identify itself, then you begin to get intimidated by that giant. And what happens a lot of times, if you have your notes, a lot of times when we find out who these people are, what the giant is, we compare ourselves with others to the point that we make ourselves feel less worth or value. And all of a sudden what happens is when we find out maybe who that person is, we begin to compare ourselves to them and we feel like I, I'm, not, I'm worthless compared to that person. I don't have the value compared to that person. But how many know that God created us equally and fearfully and wonderfully? We were all created the same way but we ourselves compare ourselves to others by maybe that person's position their title and maybe who they come from their background their royalty or whatever and because of that position or title or royalty we allow ourselves to feel less valued and so a lot of times we compare ourselves we sometimes forget who we are and who's our daddy and because we allow ourselves to get intimidated by that person or that giant that is around us, we sometimes forget who we are in Christ. And we forget who our daddy is. Amen? Don't go by, uh, we don't go by what we hear. Go by what you know. 
Go by what you know. Don't go by what you hear, because a lot of times, a lot of things that you hear, you're not going to want to hear what you hear. But go by what you know. Go by who you are in Christ, that you are fearfully and wonderfully made, that you are a royal priesthood. Go by what you know, who you are in him. You need to know who you are in Christ. And a lot of times, if you don't know that person or that, 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 that individual, you're not intimidated, Jan, by them. But if you get to know them and you right now, all of a sudden, wait a minute. Wow, I didn't know. Man, you understand what I'm saying? And in 1 Samuel, if you have your Bibles, you can turn there. You talk, here's Samuel, and you read about David. And in 1 Samuel 16, you read about David, and David was rejected by, not only, listen to this, David was rejected by his brothers, he was rejected by his dad, and he was re even rejected by the giant. Can you imagine the giant even rejected him? When he approached the giant, the giant looked at him and says, man, you are so ruby. In other words, you're too beautiful to fight me. You come against me like that. You, you're just a small punk, and, and man, who are you? You're just a small punk kid, and you try to come against me, and you're too handsome and too beautiful. You're not even a warrior look, and you're trying to come against me, and he faced rejection. And here's David. He said, but the Lord said to Samuel, do not consider his appearance or his height. And a lot of times, how many of we, us grade people by their appearance or their height or their looks? Right? A lot of times we do that. He says this, for I have rejected him. The Lord does not look at the things people look at. People look at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. Then he goes on to say, watch this. He says, then Jesse called Abaddon and had him pass in front of Samuel. But Samuel said, the Lord has not chosen this one either. Jesse then had, however you say this, him pass by. I'm a butcher, man. But Samuel said, nor has the Lord chosen this one. So in other words, what we think was lined up or the right person wasn't the right one. And a lot of times what we have our opinions about, that this Steve is the right one, and he looks good, and he looks that. God looks at the inside, and man looks at the outside. And God looks at your heart, and man a lot of times looks at your outside and how your appearance looks. But he goes on to say, then Jesse said, hey, there is still a younger, Jesse answered, he is tending the sheep. In other words, what he's saying is, listen, I have another one, but his role is not of any significance. He's a tending sheep. And you know, they say that the sheep are some of the dumbest animals. They, they, and, and so he's out tending the dumbest animals. He's out attending or, or tending the, the sheep that have no value. And I just understand that Gail and Carl Lake, they just joined the goat family. I, I, I'm telling you, I think, I think Chris and Allison are jumping all over these people. And, I mean, Dave's got them and Nelda got goats. And, man, we're going to start coming to church saying, instead of Jesus, we're going to say, bah. I mean, man, what's going to happen around here, Carl? I mean, to tell you, it's going to be crazy. But now they got goats too. But then he says, Samuel said, send for him. We will not sit down until he arrives. So he sent for him and had him brought in. He was glowing with health and had a fine appearance and was handsome features. So in other words, here he was. Isn't that exactly what the giant said to David? You come at me. You are so rubbish. You're so beautiful. You're, and you think you're a warrior that's going to take me down? And he was rejected even by the Goliath. Then the Lord said, rise and anoint him. This is the one. I want you to put your name there that you are the one, that God has called you 
to be a giant slayer in your life. You see, so many times we are overcome instead of being overcomers. And we're overcome by the giants, maybe, of things that we're going to face throughout these next few weeks. We're overcome by giants instead of us being the giant slayer. And David was an ordinary person just like you and I. But God can take ordinary and make it extraordinary. God can turn your scars into stars. He can turn your stumbling blocks into stepping stones. God can use that which you give him. It doesn't matter what your past was. God can take your mess and give you a message. And God could take that mess and say, listen, I don't care who you are, what you've done, or where you come from. I'm going to take your mess and give you a message. I'm going to turn your scars into stars. I'm going to turn your stumbling blocks into stepping stones, and I'm going to use you for my glory. But you have to be submissive and open to let God use you. Then he says, so Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the presence of his brothers. Can you imagine that? In the presence of his brothers. What happened there? The beginning, it's jealousy set in. As soon as Samuel anointed David, what happens with jealousy? Jealousy leads to anger. Jealousy leads to bitterness. Bitterness leads to resentment. And then resentment leads to what? Man wanted to get back. And what did his brothers do to David? They wanted to get back at David. They were jealous of David. You see what happened? How many of you ever had people get jealous of you because maybe you got a promotion and they didn't and they got mad at you? Well, David got promoted. And I'm going to tell you something. Every one of you, get this now in your spirit. You got to get this because this is the intro to what we're going to be talking about these next few weeks. Every one of you in this place, Monty, every one of you, you are not singled out. God does not show favoritism. Every one of you. The moment you accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, guess what? You got promoted. You are on the king's side. You are on the king of kings' side. You are promoted to do great things, to be giant slayers for the king of kings and the Lord of lords. God does not look at you as junk or rejects or orphans. He comes to you and he promotes you to be the royal priesthood, people belonging to God. And you need to settle that in your heart. God does not make rejects. You are promoted the moment you accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. So he says, he anointed him in the presence of his brothers. And from that day on, the Spirit of the Lord came on him. Powerfully upon David, Samuel then went to Reah. Powerfully. How many know that God's anointing is upon you? And it's not by might nor by power, but by God's spirit you are able to accomplish things. In our weakness, he's made strong. You see, when you are empty, that's when God can pour. God doesn't look for people who are full of themselves, who are full of their own confidence, full of their own abilities, full of their own strength, full of their own talents. God looks for people who are empty that he can pour himself into and use for his vessel. So when you think that you're worthless or have no value, that's the type of people God looks for. Because you know what? When you feel like you're worthless and have no value, God says, let me show myself to you. Because when you're all got it together and you're all powerful and confident, you don't need God's strength. And that's what God doesn't look for. God looks for you to say, God, I can't do it on my own, but I know I can with you. And God wants you to be empty so he can pour his anointing, which is his power, in you so that you can slay the giants that come against you. Amen? You see, so look at this. David, notice David was the last choice of the earthly father. 
Can you imagine that? Maybe some of you felt like the last choice of your parents. Maybe you were supposed to be a girl instead of a boy. Maybe you were supposed to be a boy instead of a girl when you were born. Maybe you brought disappointment. Maybe you were labeled the black sheep of the family. And because of that, you were the last choice to your family. But here in the eyes of God, look at this. In the eyes of God, but he was the first choice of the Heavenly Father. You know what? You are the first choice. You know that the Bible says in Zechariah that you are the apple of his eye. That God has you as the apple of his eye. That he looks at every one of us today. And I want to, I'm setting you up for these next few weeks. That you got to understand, Melissa, who you are in Christ. That you are the apple of God's eye. That you are the twinkle in his eye. That he loves you, Chris, and he accepts you just as you are. That, Jeff, you are fearfully and wonderfully made. That you, you are the apple of God's eyes, and he's concerned for you. God looks for champions who are willing, open, and obedient to follow him. That's you and I. Are we willing, open, and obedient to follow Christ? You see, to obey is better than the sacrifice. To obey means giving up your will and taking up his will. God says, listen, when he was on the cross, what did he do? The last words, Father, let it not be my will, but your will. Take this cup from me, right? He gave up his will. And because he gave up his will, he died for us. And because of his death for us, we are forgiven today. And what God wants to see in you to be a champion, that, God, I give up my will to take on your will. I had a horse one time, and his name was Tony. And Tony, man, was a great horse. And I would only ride Tony during the summer times. And when I would ride Tony a lot of times, because I couldn't ride during the wintertime, I was playing basketball and everything. So I'd come only on the summer to ride my horse for three months. Well, don't ride a horse for eight months, right? And what happens if you don't ride a horse? Actually, nine months. Right? If you don't ride a horse for nine months, what happens is they think they're big again, Right? And so what happened was I get on this horse, man, and start bucking me and start throwing me around. And I mean to tell you, it was crazy. But finally what happened is I had to break that spirit to make it an obedient with me and make it go by the reins and turn it. And, you know, it was neck rein and all that kind of stuff. And it had the bit in its mouth, and it, it would do what it was supposed to do. But for the longest time, man, it would just, man, I'll be running and galloping with it. And all of a sudden he'd throw up his back legs and start bucking me, and I almost a few times fell off. My point was, finally, when I broke the spirit of that horse and it started to walk in obedience, man, I was able to do, man, the things I wanted to do, go on trails and go, on, go up mountains and all the things that we did with my horse and my brother's horse, Lady. And it was so fun. But what God wants to do you is not to break who you are, but break your spirit to be obedient to what he's called you to do. That, God, I want to be submissive, I want to be open, and I want to be obedient to you because it's not my will, but your your will be done, and God, you're going to guide, lead, and direct me because your word says, now get this, you ordain the steps, Deb, of a righteous man and woman. And if God's ordained your steps, you have to be open, you have to be willing, and you have to be obedient to walk there in the steps for you because the Bible says, I know the plans, what, that I have for you, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, but plans to give you hope for your future. But how are you going to know? those plans in Jeremiah 33 3 says you call to me and I will answer you and I will show you things that you do not know and I will under help you understand the plan that I have for your life but you have to be obedient you have to call to God and then God will direct your steps and he'll lead you down the path of righteousness for your namesake in the midst of that you will become the champion that God wants you to be somebody say amen 
Are you getting this now? This is just the introduction. Hold on to this now. Now watch this. You were given the ability to fight, win, and conquer since the day you were born. Hallelujah. You were given, Dan, the ability to win, to conquer since the day you were born. Now, look at this I love in Psalms 139. Psalm 139, verses 14 through 16. Watch this. I praise you. Look at what David, David, the giant slayer, look at what he says. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place. How many of you know that God does work in the secret place? When you pray, the Bible says, shut the door, and in the secret place, I I will reward you. God made you in the secret place. You were fearfully and wonderfully made. Amen? Now watch what he says. When I was woven together in the depths of the earth, your eyes saw my unformed body. God saw everything about you. You know what God is? Here's a, the sense of humor that God has. God sees every hair on your head and even the hair that go down the drain. He knows everything about you. And if God rose takes the time to count your hairs, don't you think he's concerned about your life? He's concerned about every step of your life. He says, I ordained the steps. And then he goes on to say, watch this. He says, your eyes saw me, unformed Bobby, all the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. And he says, when I was woven together, before one of them came to be, if you have your notes, look at what it says. God made David and you, look at this, uniquely. God made you uniquely, beautifully. Do you see that on your, on your list there? Intentionally. This is you. This is God making you, Jake, uniquely, that you are uniquely made. You know that there's no one else like you. You are tailored-made. You are one of a kind. There is no one like you. Why do you think they take your thumbprints or your fingerprints? Because there's no other fingerprints like you. You are uniquely made. Can you imagine? There was a lot of clones like me. Well, we'd be in trouble, amen, right here in River City, amen. But you are uniquely made. And here's the cool thing. You are beautifully made. God doesn't make junk. You are beautifully made. Another one is that you are intentionally made. In other words, God, Larry, took time. You are intentionally made. He took time when he made you. He just said, go, poof. He took time and he said, D, I'm going to make you fearfully and wonderfully. I'm going to make you beautiful. I'm going to make you have blonde hair. I'm going to make you have that beautiful smile like that. I'm going to make you have the outgoing spirit that you have and that, that bubbly attitude. God did that. He made that in you. And see, look at you are made with purposely. You're made purposely with a purpose, with a mission, with a goal, with a dream. You see, what happens a lot of times, why do you think we had the drug epidemic here in the Burnett County? It's because people lost their way. They lost their purpose. They lost their direction. They lost their hope. They lost the dreams that God put within them. And because they lost their purpose, now they have no purpose. But God put in you a purpose, and that purpose is to be a champion every week. One of you today are born to be a champion. But look at this. I love this. God made David and you wonderfully. Wow. When I see my pookie woman, I said, God, you made her so wonderfully. Amen. 
Hallelujah. I always sing, Hallelujah, thine the glory. Amen? But, but you, you understand that you, man, are, are fearfully, Fred are wonderfully made. And you got to get that in your knower. And if you don't know this, about who you are. You're going to always walk with your head down and your shoulders low, thinking, oh, I'm never going to make it. I'm doomed. I'm, I'm going under. You see, God doesn't want you to walk defeated. He wants you to walk in victory. That's why he says in Romans 8 that you are more than conquerors through Christ Jesus. But the problem is you forget who's your daddy. And if God is for you, then who's against you? And if God is on your, your, your team, what he is, guess what? If God is for you, who's against you? God never lost a battle, nor will he ever lose a battle. And if you're on God's team, guess what? You are a winner in Christ Jesus. Somebody say amen. Man, if you can't get excited about that, your word is wet. Amen. Amen. When you understand and believe who you really are in Christ, there is no giant going to stop you. When you really understand, when you really know who you are. You know, it's exciting because I know who I am. I'm a Johnson. You know, my, my Aunt Anna went all the way back to Norway, and she went back and she searched out our family tree. And I mean to tell you, it's amazing. And uh, we even have people in our bloodline that started the Goodyear Company, Goodyear Tires, and all that. that that's a lot of, that, that came out of our bloodline. I said, thank you, Jesus. Where's the money for that? Amen. I mean, I'm thinking, wow. But, but when we check back into our, in our heritage, our family lineage, a lot of the Goodyear Tires and all that stuff started from our family tree. My sister has a horse. It's called Lady. Not my brother's lady, but her horse's name is Lady. And this horse can fly. I mean, it can fly. I mean, it just, whew. And when they found out what Lady's bloodline is, Lady's bloodline has secretariat in it. The DNA, the, 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 her DNA has, has the bloodline of secretariat in it. And that's, man, you look at this horse, and Adam, it can fly, and that's what Lewis does. He, he races horses, and he's got 13 of them in his ranch in Colorado, and he races horses. And this horse can absolutely fly. Guess whose blood you have in you? You see, when we see, oh, the blood of Jesus, that's in you. It's in you. But you got to understand, you can't be a champion if you got your head down low. And, man, if you got your shoulders down and saying you can't. You see, all through the Word of God, God never says you can't. You can do all things through Christ, Philippians 4.13. I can do all things through Christ. The problem is when you put your head down and you say you can't, you're giving the enemy a crack or a foothold or a place to stand in your life. And that's what he looks for. He looks for you to put your head down. He looks for you to say the words. He can't read your thoughts, but he can hear your thoughts. And every time you say those words, you know what it does? It gives the enemy a place to stand in your life. When you say you're a loser, I'm not worth anything, I don't have any value, that gives the enemy an opportunity to pounce on you. But when you rise up and realize I'm a king's kid, I'm a royal priesthood, I'm a champion, I'm a giant slayer, I know who's my daddy, you see what that does? It gives the enemy, man, wait a minute, I better pay attention to this dude, he's for real. A lot of times we forget who we are. God doesn't make mistakes. God doesn't make rejects. He makes champions you. He makes champions. 
You see, we fall short of his potential because we allow rejection or fear of the giants to stop us. Wow. Can you think about that? We allow fear and rejection to stop us. We allow these things to stop us. And because maybe we're not accepted maybe by our parents when we were growing up or maybe by our aunts or uncles or our grandparents and whatever it may be that we felt rejection. And we've carried that into our adulthood lives. And now we walk around with a label around this rejected. And we allowed that to get into our spirit, into our soul. And therefore, I feel useless. Let me tell you something. That's a lie. If God rejected you, then let me ask you, why would he send his son for you? It's because he loves you. Amen? I guess I love this. You have the seeds of greatness in you. No giant or fear of rejection can stop you when you know your God. When you know your God. When you know who you are in Jesus. When you know that, God, I, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. When you understand that, there's no limit to what God can do. David was a champion because he knew who he was until when he met God. Look at this. In 1 Samuel 17, verse 40, look at what happens there in 1 Samuel. He says this, Then he took his staff in his hand, chose five, now get this, five smooth stones from the stream, put them in the pouch of his shepherd's bag, and with his sling in his hand, approached the Philistine. Now, here's what I want you to do. I want you to take out your, your rock. Take your rock. Dan, I need your help. I want you to do me a favor. Take out your rock, and we're going to pass this. And I need it. I got six of them. We're going to pass these. I want you to do me a favor. I want you to take, take this, and I want you to write the date on there and your name on there on that rock. The date and your name on that rock. Now, for the next five weeks, you bring that rock, and each week we're going to talk about a giant. You see, a lot of people, they ask, we have a memorial service today. Why is all this up there? This is a memorial. These are mementos of things that happened in my life, of landmarks or victories in my life. That rock that you're going to have over these next five weeks are mementos to remind you of being a giant slayer. You see, through your life, you need things in your life to remind you of the victories. When I look at this thing, when I first became in ministry, this is Moses. And I was scared to death, Mike, of ministry. I was scared. I, I didn't know what ministry was all about. So I knew Moses because I watched the movie Moses, and that's one of the first things I learned about was Moses. So I went out and brought a Moses figurine. And you know what I did? For years, this is no kidding, Lucy, ask my kids if they'll tell you. For years, probably 20 years, even when my kids were you know, growing up, I had this right by my door, and I'd rub its head every day. Every day. Every day. You ask my kids. You know what I pray for? God, give me the strength of Moses and the anointing of you to be able to do what I've called you to do. This picture here is the last picture that I had of my mother before she passed. That's a memento. Of my last time with my mom, I left, and after I left, I got back to Colorado, just got back to Colorado after leaving my mother. I had to turn right back around, and she passed away. But that's the last picture that I had of my mom. This treasure chest, the Bible says that, that he'll give you treasures in heaven where thief and moth and rust do not come in and steal. 
There was a young man. He was a Catholic background. He worked with my son at the bank. He was the president of the, a guaranteed bank. And he started coming to our church, and he was a Catholic. And he said, Pastor, man, mask is awesome. I love mass, Pastor. It's great. And he got saved to the bone. And maybe you, you remember Felipe, Dave, and Sherry, Felipe. And he came, and we even made a drink after him in our coffee shop. He got so on fire for sure. We called it Felipe. And, man, I loved it. But he said, Pastor, I want to give you this. And it was many other treasure chests inside, little ones. He said, Pastor, I want to give you this because there's the treasures that are in your heart. This is my, my, my wife's parents right here at their wedding day. It's a memento. This was given to us when we built our home. This was given to us at our wedding day. This was given to me by my father. This is one of his many, many tractors that he collected. I even left the dirt on it because I wanted to keep it. It's a memento of my father. Today, you're going to give a rock, and that rock is this. This was given to me when we started our church in, in, in Prior Lake. When Lee Ernst, when Lee Ernst, when we stood and that our, our building, at our old building in Prior Lake before we brought our new building, 55,000 square feet. Lee Ernst said, Pastor, it's not going to happen. There's no way that Burnsville is going to give up the tax on that building, $190,000 a year. There's no way that's going to happen. That's not going to happen. It's impossible. And he kept saying it was a naysayer. And the day that when we got that building, Lee Ertz and Jody gave me this plaque. I said, Pastor, I believe. I believe. You see, listen, you have to have mementos in your life to give you the gasoline to keep going through. Over these next five weeks, you bring that rock, and you're going to write something on that rock every day. Every time we get together on a Sunday, you're going to write something on that rock as a memento of the giants that you're slain in your life. You have to believe. And when he gave this to me, he said, Pastor, he put his arm around me in the parking lot there in Prior Lake, our old building, just prior to moving to Burnsville. And I never forget this when he gave this to me. He started crying. He said, Pastor. Pastor, he said, you got to forgive me because I didn't believe like you do, but now I do. You see, folks, listen, mementos, that God wants you. This was a Super Bowl that I went to. This is the memento of a Super Bowl. That when I went to the Super Bowl in Dallas, man, this is a memento, a life-changing experience. It was like a, a make-a-wish time that I got an opportunity to go to the Super Bowl. You see, folks, listen, today you're holding in your hand. A rock that's going to be slaying many giants that we're going to talk about coming up in the next few weeks. You see, listen, David could have used a sword or a spear, but he chose a stone so that God will get all the glory. If you have your notes, listen, what you think is useless, that rock in your hand, what you think is useless, God thinks is useful. God thinks it's useful. Each stone David had was a memento or a reminder of God's greatness. It was a memento. Every one of these things are a reminder. This was one of the first dowels when I was on a basketball trip. When I fell in love with my wife, I brought her one of these dowels on one of our trips that I was on a basketball trip with, and I brought her that. And, and I mean, this, this is my, my father, grandmother, and, and grandfather. They didn't go to church, and they were Lutherans, and they had a 10-pound Bible, and they had it in their church, that, in, their, in their coffee table, and that was their church. But when they passed away, this is what they left for me. Can you hear that? And they left this for me. They didn't go to church, but their church was their 10-pound Bible on their coffee table. And they would play that in their, in, their, in their living room when they would have their time with the Lord. You see, 
You have mementos in your life. And young man, I'm going to tell you something. I don't know you. I know you just started coming last week. But I'm going to tell you something. Whatever your life was, that's your past. Let me tell you something. God has a new future. I don't know you. I, that's what I love about people when I don't know them. God has a new door for you. Don't you give up. Don't you get disappointed. Don't you get discouraged. Don't look at what's happening on the outside. Know what's happening on the inside. God is transforming you, changing you, and rearranging you. And young man, what was the past is the past. Your new future is coming ahead. Don't you let man label you because you've been labeled. You've been labeled. You've been labeled. Those labels are broke off you. And young man, you are going to begin to soar. You're going to begin to soar. Get ready, get ready, get ready. New beginnings, new journeys are happening to you. Is that, your, is that your mom with you, or who's this? Mom, is this right? It's right. You better be ready, my man. You better be ready. But see, listen. Listen, each stone that David was was a memento or a reminder of God's goodness or greatness in his life. You see, look, at God didn't give David one stone, but five stones. Why? Because he knew through life's journey, David would face other giants. How many know that when we hit one giant, the enemy comes and he brings another giant? You see, God gave us five stones so we can slay giants. You see, here's my stone. For the next five weeks, we're going to be writing down these stones. And we're going to slay giants. You see, mementos are reminders of good things, a victory, or good things that were given to you. Things that God has done in your life. Real quickly, David's formula for defeating giants, number one, and you have it on your notes, is this. David ignored the criticism and the unbelief of others. You see, let me tell you something. The key to slaying giants, stop listening to the naysayers. Stop listening to the people that say you can't. Listen to God's voice that said you can. So many times we lose our way and we lose our dreams or we lose our call in our lives because we listen to the naysayers. You see, you got to get around runners and hunters. You got to get around people that believe in your dream, believe in your call, that are going to iron, sharpen irons, and lift up your hands, lift up your arms in your life. You see, that's what David did. You see, that's what he says. And if you have your Bibles, you can look at 1 Samuel 17. It says this David said to Saul, Let no one lose heart on the account of this Philistine, your servant, will go and fight him. But look at what Paul said. Saul said, you are not able to go against this giant. Saul didn't know what was inside of David. People don't know what's inside of you. I'm telling you, he don't know what's inside of you. People don't know what's inside of you. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. And sometimes you don't know what's inside of you. You got to understand who your dad is. He created you fearfully and wonderfully. God loves you. Mike, you have to know who's inside of you. You see, people will criticize you. They may not understand you. They may not know, understand what you're doing. You're crazy. You're radical. You're fanatical. But I'd, be, I'd rather be radical, fanatical for Jesus, not at all, if I wasn't at all, right? I'm a radical. But look what he says. Watch this. He says, your servant will go and fight him. Saul says, you are unable to go against this Philistine and fight him. You are only a young man. Don't let anyone look down on you because you are young. And he has been a warrior from his youth. What did he do? He faced criticism right off the bat. You see, 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 15, it says these words. For it is God's will that by doing good, you should silence the ignorance talk of the foolish people. Hallelujah. That you should silence the talk of foolish people that want to criticize you, put you down, say you can't. But when you can, 
Look at what else it says in Romans chapter 8, verse 31. It says this, what then shall we say in response to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? You have to shut the mouth of the criticism. Number two thing that David did is this. David remembered the victories God gave him in the past. He remembered the victories that God gave him in the past. You see, those victories of the past are reminders that if God can did it back then, he can do it again today. God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He never changes. So what he did back then 10 years ago, and you won that battle, he's the same God today. He can win it today. If God is for you, who can be against you? If God's on your team, guess whose team you're on? You're on the winning team. Right? And look what it says. In 1 Samuel 17, verse 36 and 37, your servant has killed both the lion and the bear. What was David doing? He was going back to the memories of killing the small things. I'm going to remind you of something. God uses the small things to bring you to the big things. God was in preparation with David, preparing David for the giant that got, he had the bear, he had the lion that prepared him for the giant. Sometimes in our lives, we're not going to take on the giants right away. We have to do the small things to get to the giant, and David had to take that on. This uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them because he has defiled the armies of the living God. The Lord who rescued me from the paw of the lion and the paw of the bear will rescue me from the hand of this Philistine. Saul said to David, go, and the Lord be with you. You see what that is? Your, you know, your last year's victories are fuel for this year's victories. That's what it's all about. Your last year's victories are fuel for this year's victories. You see, another thing that David did, David spoke positive words of victory, not defeat. You see, how many know that sometimes your words have life, power, and life is in the tongue, that you can kill your, 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 your victories, you can kill your dreams by the words that you say? You see, a lot of times you're killing your own dreams by, I can't, I'll never make it, I'm doomed, and we kill our own words. But look what David said in 1 Samuel 17, 46 and 47. Watch what he says. He said, this is the day the Lord will deliver you into my hands, and I'll strike you down and cut off your head. This very day I will give the carcasses of the Philistines' army to the birds and the wild animals, and those and the whole world will know that there is a God in Israel. He says, and all those that gathered here will know that this is not by sword or spear that the Lord has saved, for the battle is the Lord's, and he will give all of you into our hands. You see what David was doing? He was prophesying his future. You see, your words have power in life and death. Sometimes you need to call those things as though they were. You need to prophesy your future. You need to call your future in the hand. God, you said it. I believe it. That settles. I'm not going to kill my future. I'm not going to kill my destiny. I'm not going to kill my hopes. I'm not going to kill my dreams. I'm going to call them into being. Amen. Look at what it says again real quickly in Psalms 107 verse 2. Look at this. Let the redeemed of the Lord tell their story those he redeemed from the hand of the foe you know what it means Sue let the redeemed of the Lord say so I say of the Lord he is my rock he is my fortress he is my deliverer in God in whom I trust I will not be afraid what can man do to me let the redeemed of the Lord say so, Rose. I say he is my Lord. Deb, I say he is my rock. I say he is my redeemer. And I say he is my hope. 
Let the Lord, the redeemed of the Lord, say so thou. Whoo, somebody say amen. Oh, look at this. Number four, David was totally dependent on God, and he gave God all the glory. You see, God, I can't do it. You see, he don't look for full. He looks for empty. And when you take yourself available, God, I want to be like John the Baptist. I decrease, Lord, that you may increase. I want to be like Paul. I want to die daily. I've been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I that live, that Christ that lives within me. Galatians 2.20. God, I die the flesh. I die the self, that you may live in me. You see, I love what he says in 1 Samuel 17, 45 and 46. David said to the Philistine, you come against me with sword and spear and javelin. <laughs> but look what he said. But I come against you in the name of the Lord Almighty, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. And this day the Lord will deliver you into my hands. I'll strike you down and cut off your head. This very day I will give your carcasses of the Philistines' army to the birds and the wild animals in the whole world will know that there is a God in Israel. And call on the name, call on me in the day of trouble. I will deliver you and you will honor me. Tell me that ain't exciting. I will remind you of who my God is. Psalms 50 verse 15. Well, what he says. Psalms 50, verse 15. Do you have that one up there, Aaron? All right. Number five. David attacked his problems. He ran at his enemy. You notice he didn't run from his enemy. He ran to his enemy. In 1 Samuel 17, 48 and 49, watch what he says. As the Philistine moved closer to attack him. <laughs> Look at this, Jake. He didn't run. You see, what happens a lot of times, we never are giant slayers. Instead of running to our giant, we run from our giant because we are intimidated at the roar. It's like I said in the beginning, if you don't know that person, you're not intimidated. But if you get to know that person, you understand their position and who they are and their value and whatever, then all of a sudden, man, I don't line up to that person. I'm not good as that person. And that's what a lot of times when the enemy roars, just because he has a roar doesn't mean he has a big bite. And we run from the enemy. But look at what he says. David ran quickly towards the battle line to meet him. Reaching into his bag and taking out a stone, he slung it and, and stuck the Philistine, struck the Philistine on the forehead. The stone sank into the forehead and he fell face down on the ground. Hallelujah. Somebody say amen. You see, listen, if you have your notes, look at this. You can never win if you are always running in the wrong direction of your giant. You can never win if you're always running in the wrong direction with your giant. You have to run towards your giant. You have to realize who you are, who your daddy is, and know that God is for you and yes, nothing can be against you. Don't run from it, but run to your giant and watch your giant run from you. That's what it's all about. Today, I want to close with this. And I hope that none of you get offended by it, but this, this has stuck with me for a long time. But I want you to get the just of this video, of what this is all about. And I want you to hear the words of this video. Be the last one standing, two hands in the air, I'm a champion. You'll be 
I possess through the drama. H is for the hurt, but it's all for the honor. A is for my attitude, working through the patience. Money comes and goes, so the M is for motivation. Gotta stay consistent, the P is to persevere. The I is for integrity, innovative career. The O is optimistic, open and never shut. And the N is necessary, cause I'm never giving up. See, they asked me how I did it, I just did it from the heart. Trusting the competition, been doing it from the start. They say that every champion is all about his principles. and say, I am a champion. Are you to keep believing the negative words or are you to start believing the positive? I'd like you all to stand with me right now because God gave me this while Pastor CD was preaching and I want you to say it with me and I want you to believe it. No weapons or words spoken against me, go ahead and say it, will take root in me. Right now, in the name of Jesus, any negative word spoken over you is gone in the name of Jesus. I am an overcomer. Come on, talk it like you mean it, people. I'm victorious. Ladies, especially you, but you men too, I am beautifully and wonderfully made. I still don't believe it. I'm a winner. I can defeat any giant in my life because God says I can. I can achieve my dreams because God put my dreams in me. I can do all things because God says so. And as CJ said, Pastor CJ said earlier, I am the redeemed of the Lord. And the Lord said so. I want to hear it. And I say so. I want you to bow your heads with me for a moment, will you? Father, this morning, as we did the intro to a... <laughs> the things that you pull upon my heart we're going to break the spirit of fear break the spirit of addictions break the spirit of fear 
doubt, anger. Father, I pray over these next few weeks, Lord, that you will help us to be giant slayers. That stone that we hold in our hand is not just a rock that we pulled out of a garden, but it's a momenta of something that you're going to remind us of, that we're giant slayers, that we're conquerors through Christ Jesus. And if there are those here today that are feeling down and discouraged, I pray that, God, that you will be the glory and the lifter of their heads this morning. Father, in Jesus' name, I thank you for these individuals here today. I thank you that, God, today, they are champions. Nothing's going to hold them back or stop them, God, from accomplishing that which you're calling them to do in their lives. I thank you, Holy Spirit, today that, Lord Jesus, that you are meeting them right where they're at right now that you, God, are meeting them at these altars, that you're answering their prayers, that you have not forsaken them, but God or abandoned them, but you're coming to them in the name of Jesus. I thank you that greater is he that's in them than he that's in the world, and that greatness is you, and you are transforming, changing, and rearranging, and making them become the champions in which you're calling them to be. I pray, God, for this congregation that each and every one of us will rise up and keep our head high and know who we are, that our daddy is for us and not against us. And if we're on his side and on his team, we are winners, Lord God. And I thank you that, God, throughout these next few weeks, Lord, as we are giant slayers and are slay the giants that may become our way, that, God, we are going to be conquerors. I thank you for these wonderful individuals here today at these altars as a congregation. Go with us, Lord, and may we hold on to this rock to remind us that we are giant slayers in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, amen. Thank you for listening to this week's message from Adventure Church. We here at Adventure Church would really love to hear from you. You can connect with us online. Find us on Facebook and Instagram by using at Adventure Church Siren or check out our website www.adventurechurchsiren.com.